Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I am great. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I bet you're great. <laughs> man, the weather outside is Marissa weather. It is. So nice. I just, I, yeah, it, oh, even, even now and with the longer days, you know, mm-hmm. with daylight savings time and you have to be in your glory. I am. I truly am. Good. So we're at part three of your superpower. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is the end. There is no part four. At least I haven't thought of part four yet. No, there is no part four. So this is part three. Mm-hmm. And, and what did you think of, you know, because you and I kind of talked about it. Um, yep. What are your thoughts? Do you, think it's a, do you think it's a viable topic that we're going to spend some time on? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago you asked me if I, you know, oh, do you think a, a post in a podcast about connecting while speaking is, is something people want to hear? And... I was surprised that you even would ask me that uh, because I I think so. And it tied in perfectly with what we had been talking about the last two weeks. Um, you know, the, the yeah. importance of connecting and communicating. Right. right. And, you know, I because I think sometimes that people may shy away from or people may just say, well, I don't do public speaking. Mm-hmm. Well, do you lead team meetings? Right. Do you, you know, and you might be asked to do some public speaking. Mm hmm. And, and people shouldn't be afraid. You know, I, I know that part of our John Maxwell certification is you have to, um, you have to give like a five-minute talk. Um, and people panic about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, I, and we're like telling them, no, relax. It's only in front of your table here. You know, you're not standing up in front of a thousand people. But they just, they're so, they're so com- concerned about it. And they shouldn't be. Um, and so the way I launched my, my post was I said, you know, have you ever been to to a talk or 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 a, you know a keynote or something where you know the person was speaking and time just flew by mm-hmm. and and like as 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 the speaker walks across in front of the room or across the stage your eyes just follow like you're you're locked in with attention and when they're done you wish they would have gone longer now sadly I, sadly we may have fewer people that have had that experience than like I really wish they'd be done mm-hmm. like I wish it was over with but the people, so, or the other example I use is teachers that you had in school that you really liked. And so, did, did you have any favorite teachers in school? Oh, yeah. I had a lot of favorite teachers. I really loved school. <laughs> I bet. My mom's listening so, and she's like, what? <laughs> but, what? I, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I really, there were, I had, I had several teachers that were just so skilled in the way they connected with students and the way they delivered yeah. their content. And I think sometimes you wow. don't, re- you might not realize it. Like maybe I didn't recognize it so much then, but looking back, sure. cause there are still things that, you know, like I do a lot of editing or you yep. know, things I'm working on. Um, or now that I help my daughter with her schoolwork, things that, and I can almost hear my, teachers saying it like every time I'm editing something and I I move a comma in a quote I hear my third grade teacher saying comma beats the quote and like every single time and they're just little things like that where um that's how you know that they like really connected because you remember yeah. them and I keep you really busy moving commas <laughs> and quotes. 
<laughs> I move a lot of commas, people. <laughs> she does. But, but it's, it, you know, and that's why I tell people nobody ever sees anything I write except for a personal email, unless Marissa has seen it first, <laughs> to make it sound a little bit more intelligent. But yeah, the, these teachers, these speakers were able to connect with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I tell a story, and when I tell this story in front of schools, like teachers or administrators, I'll, I'll get a gasp. But, mm -hmm. you know, when, when my first time through taking trigonometry, I just, I didn't connect with the teacher at all, and I found reasons to go to band instead of trig. And I remember coming up to the first exam, and I just was so lost. And I said to the teacher, you know, hey, I, I don't understand this. What should I do? And, and I don't know if I've ever, have I ever told this on one of our podcasts? I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember trigonometry. Okay. So I go to my teacher, and I said, you know, Mr. So-and-so, and I will never mention his name because what he said to me was horrible. I said, I really don't understand this. What should I do? And he said to me, why don't you try killing yourself? <gasps> Yeah, that, and you ought to hear the gasp that I get in a school. It's, now, in fairness to him, I wasn't applying myself. Every time I could get an excuse to go to band, I went to band. Mm -hmm. So I ended up flunking trig, right? Mm -hmm. But I need trig. I need it for what I want to do for a living. So I have to take it again. And this time I had a teacher. His name was Mr. Rays. And Mr. Rays was amazing. He... He, there were a couple things that were unique about him. One was he was not married, and he was older. And he, he, the reason why it's important is he wasn't married. He had nobody to check what he looked like when he left the house <laughs> in the morning. And he routinely would get his, the buttons on his sweater misaligned. Like he would have an extra button at top and a buttonhole at the bottom. And it was just, and if he ate a sandwich and he had mustard on his hand, he'd wipe it on his shoulder. So he had character. Know. He had character. But I remember about two weeks, three weeks into that class, he walked up to me and, and, and he said, Dave, how are you doing? And I said, Mr. Ace, I'm struggling. And then he said mm -hmm. to me, he says, do you fish? Now, he must have seen some doodling on my notebook or something. I said, mm -hmm. yeah. And he said, do you know what a downrigger is? And I said, yeah. So he says, come on up here. And he went to the whiteboard and he literally drew a boat and a downrigger and the lure. And he said, so how, if the weight is 60 feet below the surface of the water, and the lure is 100 feet behind the transom of the, of the, or behind the weight, how far from the transom of the boat is the lure? And I said, well, if we know this and we know this, we can calculate that. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and smiled. I said, that's trig. He goes, that's trig. Mm -hmm. He connected with He's, you on something. He connected right. with me. Mm -hmm. he knew, yeah, he knew something I could connect with, I could relate to, and he mm -hmm. made it, he brought it alive. It wasn't mm -hmm. just triangles on a blackboard anymore. Mm -hmm. or a whiteboard so he was you know again it was by far still not a great subject for me but I loved him as a teacher mm -hmm. because he cared enough to learn to know me mm -hmm. whereas the other teacher should have said hey Dave you keep going to band you're not you're going to be totally confused you need to stay here or Mr. Ray's probably would have gone to Mr. Bishop the band teacher and said don't let David come anymore mm -hmm. because he's not doing well in my class but the other teacher didn't care and it was clear that he didn't care, and the result was I disconnected. And I wonder how many other students disconnected as well. Mm -hmm. So this ability to connect is huge for anybody that's going to give a talk or teach a class. Uh, the classes that I teach, I look at who's in the class. Mm -hmm. What companies do they come from? How can, I, how can I make the topic we're talking about relative to them? And I think it's also very applicable uh, leading a meeting. And yes. Or... 
if you coach a sport, a kid's sport, uh, you know, meeting, talking with groups of parents, you know, things like that. It's not just like, we're not talking about when, you know, the, the one time that you're standing in front of a ton of people, you know, on in an auditorium. It's, it's uh, really any time that you're with a group of people or exactly. a few people really, you know, you said that one of the uh, talks that you get, gave was just in front of a table of people. Right. Um, which I said was arguably harder than a, a room of people um, for, you know, for some of us, but sure. Sure. It's so applicable. It, you know, there are many situations where this would be useful. So now I want to tie, I want to tie what we talked about last week into this and that's charisma. Mm-hmm. So last week we spent a lot of time talking about what is charisma, you know, what isn't it? It really is a skill. It's something all of us can learn. And the key part about being charismatic is you have to be likable. Mm-hmm. And you are likable when you get the focus off you and keep it on the other person. Mm-hmm. You connect with people when you make it about them, not in a bad way, always in a positive and affirming way. Make it about them. Make it something they can relate to. And, and, and what I really love is like the, the best, the best people, the best presenters really know how to do that. Mm-hmm. They, I, I, and I, this was interesting. I did note it in my, um, in my post, uh, one of my fellow John Maxwell team members, um, shared a post on fate on our private Facebook group. And he was going to speak, he was doing a keynote for a small group of people. Um, and I don't even remember, it was some association but I don't remember what it was, but people didn't know who he was. So he came in ahead of time and literally went from table to table while people were, were gathering, sat down just to talk to people. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know why they were there. What were they hoping to get out of that day? And that is a perfect example of someone who really wants to connect with the audience. It, it, so you, one, one of the things I had to learn was too often I thought I have something I want to say. I have something I want to teach when what I should have been asking was what is it that they need to hear Mm -hmm. and what is it that they need to learn then again it's it's this this charisma piece about about reaching out to them making myself somebody that's likable that they would want to connect with Uh, one of the great examples is um, and I and I think I may have shared this on a podcast during our during the 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 heat of COVID Um, where John Maxwell was going to give a talk to a bunch of mayors just be, just as this was unfolding. It really wasn't. We really weren't sure what was going to happen with the pandemic. And he was going to talk with these, these, these mayors, like a convention of mayors. And he had a talk that he wanted to give, but he was kind of working the group at the beginning, and he realized they're preoccupied with something else. So rather than give his normal talk from his chair and cocktail table like he usually does if i'm not mistaken if i remember the story right he sat on the front of the stage and just engaged them in a conversation of what were their concerns Mm -hmm. and how could you lead people through them that's perfect and and when i think of speakers that really can can be charismatic from from a podium so so to speak john's one that comes to mind um watching you know we talked the last couple of weeks a lot about Dr. Zoe Chance who wrote the book Influence is Your Superpower. Um, I watched one of her talks 
on YouTube, and I don't know how long it was, but even virtually via YouTube, she grabbed my attention with the way she spoke mm -hmm. and the story she used. So I have and a her facial expressions. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, I know that you would certainly uh, participate in in more of these experiences than I do, but do you have like when you're experiencing these amazing speakers or sitting through presentations or at your trainings, do you have kind of like a, a tell where you know that you're like experiencing a, a really great presenter with like amazing connection or charisma? Like, do you notice it in the moment or do you ha um, figure that out later? So um, let me give it to you from both perspectives, one mm -hmm. from the speaker and one from the person listening. So when I'm listening, what I will notice is it's effortless. Mm -hmm. So I do notice it. I notice that, for, you know, for instance, the way I wrote here, you, your eyes follow her, so to speak, as she's walking across the stage delivering the talk mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, your, your eyes don't wander. Like you don't, you don't sometimes you, you even have trouble making notes if it's a really, really good speaker mm -hmm. because you don't want to take your eyes off them. Because you think now with one of the things John Maxwell does that makes it easy is he 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 typically sits in a you know in a chair with, next to a cocktail table of some sort. But I notice when he gets up, so he'll get up and then he'll go sit down again. But and he does that for a reason. But yeah, in the moment, sometimes I'll notice it. Other times I'll just like wait, where did the last hour go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you touched um, you touched on one of the things that that I was going to share that for me. I know that if I'm suddenly not taking a bunch of notes, yes, it's because I'm really connected and I don't really need them. Like I'm, right. I was always someone who was like really kind of impulsively writing down like everything my teacher was saying, getting all the notes, um, you know, really trying to catch every word. <laughs> and yep. but when I when I could connect really well with the teacher, the presenter, whatever, I didn't feel like I needed to rely on that so much. And so I, I, right. I you know, unknowingly would kind of let up on that. And mm -hmm. that, that's how I, I know that I'm really experiencing like a, an awesome presentation or speaker or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like a super connection. Mm-hmm. That like I just, happen. yeah, like I'm just like, I'm yep. just taking it in, right? And I'm, I'm processing it in real time instead of being distracted by, by note taking so that I can, you know, read every word over again later. Right, right. Exactly. And, and one of the things too that I've noticed that I do with some, if I'm in, um, if I'm in a session and the speaker is, is connecting mm -hmm. and I want to keep taking notes... I won't look at them. And I know that's horrible for the speaker. Mm -hmm. Truly it is. But it allows me to really think it through as I'm, if it's something that I need to make notes on. Now, again, I'm going to say that's horrible for the speaker because the speaker doesn't know if they're connecting with you. Mm -hmm. um, from the speaker's point of view, and this is something I noted in my, in my post, is making eye contact with the people that you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Zoe Chance in her book, she refers to it as shining. And, and, and it's, it's, it's so interesting because 
it, you know when it's happening and you're, you're, look, you're making eye contact with the listeners mm -hmm. and you can tell when there's a connection that's made. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's an amazing, you know, I, I, was, I was teaching a class this morning and there was one part, part where I, I try not to make my classes lectures, um, but there was one part where the dialogue was going a bit long in my opinion but I just started making sure that I was making eye contact with everybody and I could feel the connection was still there. Mm -hmm. That they were, they were understanding what it was I was saying and why I was saying it. And, and part of the key, so like when you've had these people that have connected with you or you've connected with them, it's because of the way they delivered the content. Mm -hmm. and, and so what, what happens is if I want to teach a principle, I can't just get up and teach the principle. No one can just get up and teach a principle because we, we might as well be looking at equations on a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we frame, we shape the discussion or the content around the principle with using things like facts, details, statistics, and stories. And if you can illustrate it with a story, if you, if you think about like when you're reading a good, a good book, the author is able to paint the picture with words of what is describing a room or describing a day or describing a situation. Mm -hmm. Speakers do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They, and the ones that do it best, draw you in so that the point like you can literally see what they're saying. And through that, then all of a sudden, once they've got you, they give you the teaching. Right. And you're like, oh my, I just learned something pivotal here and I didn't even know it. And, and so John Maxwell is great at also adding humor to that. Mm -hmm. So personal stories, facts and figures, and humor make a speaker remarkable. And you just have to figure out, and use your own personal stories. You know, think about your life. People's, our lives are full of amazing stories. Or if you can have a person that shared something with you and say, would you mind if I shared that? Most people, if it's a good story, people don't, don't mind you sharing. You say, I was just talking with a friend of mine and let me tell you this story that they just had. Mm -hmm. It really, it's, it's amazing how those things draw you in because it's real. You know, it's, it's not a principle anymore. It's wow, this happened in this person's life and this is how they reacted to it. Mm -hmm. Or this is how this leader, because since, since I'm typically teaching on leadership, this is how this leader was able to impact people. And this person who worked for them just shared this with me. Now, the other thing that I really want to encourage people to do is share your failures and use them as teaching moments. Because failures, people want to, nobody wants to hear how good somebody is. Right. <laughs> but if somebody can, if you can use a failure, you know, like the, and I use it on my podcast, you know, my worst leadership mistake ever. Mm -hmm. I use that in, I use that in my classes a lot. And, and another thing that I'll do, um, when I get to a point where I'm sharing a personal story, a lot of times I'll sit in a chair. Mm -hmm. Like I'll literally get down to, and I, and I will ask the class, I said, why, you know, when I'm done, with the story, I'll say, why did I sit down? Because I'm trying to teach them these principles of connecting with arms. They said, because you want it to be more personal. Mm -hmm. I said, bingo. So use those things. So we talked about charisma, 
we talked about connecting we talked about the you know using your facts your details your statistics and your personal stories so that you can then make your point of the principle of teaching that you want to have the other thing is you got to keep it short because mm -hmm. you never know if if people i mean you I shouldn't say that. You do know if you're connecting with people. But you always want them wishing you had more content to give. Because mm -hmm. then they'll come back. Then they'll be glad when they see you again. Yeah. Well, it's almost too, it's like, keep it short, but also like, you know, don't, don't make it longer than it needs to be. So maybe, exactly. it, you know, maybe it does, you know, maybe it is a 45 minute talk, but it's yeah. really engaging and that's fine. So 45 minutes isn't necessarily short, but it's, you know, it, you're not making it an hour with tw with 15 minutes of fluff, right? You're in exactly. intentionally crafting, you know, what you're saying and with with the audience in mind and you know, focusing on on them and that connection, making eye contact, infusing that humor, yeah. you know, doing all of those yeah. all of those things. Um Exactly. And and tr don't make a bunch of points in one talk. Mhm. Mm Three might be all you all that people can really grasp. Yeah. Yep. And I then, I know. do that. I think about that when I'm editing a lot. So while it's not necessarily yeah. speaking, but um, I like to leave space for for the reader or the audience to to read between the lines and yes. like I don't I intentionally don't want to tell them everything because I know. You think you think about who your audience is, right? So, like when I'm editing something of yours or something of Randy's, and I'm like, okay, these these are adults, and they, especially for some, you know, both of you and Randy, a lot of them are all are leaders and have read some of your pieces already. Mm -hmm. I want them to make some of those connections on their own to think about, awesome. you know, because otherwise it can get really long, it can get really wordy. And yeah. it's like, no, these are these are people who are capable of of drawing what they need from this. Right, right. Very good. Oh, I love how you shared that. And, you know, even though you're not speaking, when you're writing, you're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. How am I going to connect? You know, I remember hearing one author say, when I finish a page, I ask myself the question, have I connected sufficiently that they'll turn the page? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That was brilliant mm -hmm. when I heard that. Now, the one thing I do want to touch on real quick before we're done is the shorter the talk that you're going to give, the more preparation you need. Yeah. I, I, was, I never thought about that until I read it in your post and kind of thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Because <laughs> if I have an hour and a half, uh -huh. if you would say to me, Dave, I want you to talk about these three topics and I'm going to give you 90 minutes. Like, okay. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll do some research on the topics. I'll, I might map out a few notes and that's it. And it might take me 90 minutes to prep. But if you want, if you make me say something meaningful in five minutes, mm -hmm. it's going to take me, I'm going to be working on that for days. Yeah. And I remember, I remember having to give a talk once at a MACME event, and, and my wife was there, and, and I had these notes, and she saw me scribbling the notes at home for a couple of days. And then on the way there, I think she might have driven the car, and I was still scribbling notes. And we sat down at the table, and I'm looking at my notes, and she goes, why are you so stressed? I said, because I have five minutes mm -hmm. to say some amazing things about people. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't want to mess it up. And I still messed it up. <laughs> there was still one person that I wanted to recognize that I didn't because mm-hmm. I forgot. You know, so just if the shorter, don't think if it's short, it's easy. It's not. The shorter it is, the harder it is. And yeah. you've got, and I think this about anything. If you're asked to do something, don't take shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Do it right or don't do it. Yeah, I, I think about when I when I think about TED Talks, which, you know, are so amazing. I've connected with so yes. many of those. Um, and I am always astounded with with their presentation skills and and how they're able to just communicate so much yep. through both their their words and their body language in such a short amount of time. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. I kind of think it, I like it too to the, the speakers we use for Live to Lead, mm-hmm. where they get 30 minutes and there's a counter in front of them mm-hmm. counting down from 30 minutes. And when they get to zero, they're supposed to be done. Yeah. And yet we get, we'll talk for at least 15 minutes sometimes on what were our takeaways from a 30 minute talk. Mm hmm. That's when you know they're really, really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And, any, and all of us can get good if we practice. Mm-hmm. And we just, so the next time, you know, for our listeners, the next time you're listening to somebody that's really doing a great job in a meeting, try to identify what makes it interesting. If you go, if you listen to a TED Talk, they're all over, you know, on YouTube. Pick some. Which ones did you like? Why did you like it? Mm-hmm. Make notes. And then try to put those into your own talks that you're going to give mm-hmm. for your teams. Did we miss anything? You always ask me that, and I always think kind of the same thing. Like, <laughs> I'm not the expert, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I just, I think it's an aware, uh, there's like an awareness piece too, right? Yep, like exactly. And you, you kind of just touched on that. Like, think about, go through and watch TED Talks or think about experiences that you've had and just be aware of like why it was so powerful and yes and then you know try that in your next meeting right like last week was it last week we talked about um tone the like tone and um pitch of our voices yeah and if you you know talk like lower and slower you see more confident that like think about those things and and learn from them and learn from it and realize that your growth in your career is really connected to your ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. If you can't communicate, if you can't lead a good meeting, if you can't inspire a team, you can't lead. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what we're talking about next week. Something will hit me. But this was a three. This was supposed to be a two-week series. It became a three-week series. It won't be a four-week series. Will we get an encore? <laughs> we won't get an encore, but... You know, you'll be the first to know exactly what we're going to talk about because I'm going to have to get it to you at the beginning of next week. <laughs> so, um, hey, are there any uh, spring things that you're going to be doing with your family? Mm, still kind of arranging that. And, okay. But, yeah. How about you? Do you have anything exciting coming up? No. How's that? <laughs> wow, look you at know, us. Nothing. Nothing at <laughs> Nothing all. exciting in our lives. Of course, I don't want to tell you that I'm really hoping it won't stay too warm too long because I want to ski one more time. Well, I was but, going to say that I'm not confident it's not going to be snowing again, so. It will at some point, but I don't think in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. So at least go out and enjoy it with your girls. I will. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. This was The Next Week.